I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Jeremiah chapters 26 through 29. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In Jeremiah chapter 26, we see that Jeremiah dodges a death sentence, verse 1. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak to all the cities of Judah which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not diminish a word. Perhaps everyone will listen and turn from his evil way, that I may relent concerning the calamity which I purpose to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servants the prophets whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. So the priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. Now it happened when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, You will surely die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh? and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant. And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. And the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and all the people, saying, This man deserves to die, for he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your ears." Then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city with all the words that you have heard. Now therefore amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent concerning the doom that he has pronounced against you. As for me, here I am in your hand. Do with me as seems good and proper to you. But know for certain that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants. For truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. So the princes and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, This man does not deserve to die, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then certain of the elders of the land rose up and spoke to all the assembly of the people, saying, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah, and spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed like a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the temple like the bare hills of the forest. Did Hezekiah king of Judah and all Judah ever put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and seek the Lord's favor? And the Lord relented concerning the doom which he had pronounced against them. But we are doing great evil against ourselves. Now therefore was also a man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Urijah the son of Shemaiah of Kirjath-Jerim, 
who prophesied against this city and against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah. And when Jehoiakim the king, with all his mighty men and all the princes, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Urijah heard it, he was afraid and fled and went to Egypt. Then Jehoiakim the king sent men to Egypt, Elnathan the son of Achbor, and other men who went with him to Egypt, and they brought Urijah from Egypt, and brought him to Jehoiakim the king, who killed him with a sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, so that they should not give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. Now, let's get our bearings where we are with regard to the last kings of Judah. gives us a little perspective. Josiah was king from 640 to 609. He was the last good king. Then the remaining four kings of Judah before the fall were Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. This is a prophecy that was issued during the reign of Jehoiakim, who was Josiah's third son, usually called Shalom. He was a bad king, and he uh, never really had a chance because he was a puppet king. Jeremiah did not take his calling from God lightly. During the reign of the puppet king Jehoiakim, God instructed Jeremiah to go prophesy in the temple and tell the folks the certain destruction of Jerusalem was imminent. The reference to Shiloh in verse 6 is to make them realize that even though Shiloh had been Jerusalem's equivalent during Joshua's tenure, and it was the location of the tabernacle from the outset when the Israelites came into Canaan, now it was desolate without an inhabitant, we see in verse 9. The same fate will befall Jerusalem unless they repent. Repent? No way, they replied. They had a better idea. Let's kill Jeremiah instead, verse 8. They would have done that, but they had a trial of sorts, charging Jeremiah with treason. They start to get a little squeamish after Jeremiah's statement of verse 15 when he says, But know for certain that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants. For truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. Whoa, better think twice about this execution. And more reasonable minds prevail... They decide it would be the wisest choice just to leave him be. Notice the reference to Micah in Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 18. Micah had prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem back a hundred or so years earlier during the reign of Hezekiah in Micah chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what that verse says. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins, and the mountain of the temple like the bare hills of the forest. While Jeremiah is on trial for saying such things, one of the elders here makes reference to the fact that Micah had made the same prophecy during the days of Hezekiah. He hadn't been executed. But on the other hand, there was another man named Uriah who had prophesied the same in verses 20 to 23. And great measures were taken to execute him, though. Hmm, what do you think? What to do? Do we let Jeremiah go on like Micah, or do we put him to death like we did Uriah? Finally, an influential man named Ahikam is listed in verse 24 as the man who was able to deliver Jeremiah from a guilty verdict and spare Jeremiah's death. This man, Ahikam, was instrumental in several situations leading up to and following the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Now, here's what the Easton's Bible Dictionary says about Ahikam. And I quote, he's the brother of support equals helper, one of the five whom Josiah sent to consult the prophetess Huldah in connection with the discovery of the book of the law. He was the son of Shaphan, the royal secretary, and the father of Gedaliah, 
governor of Judea after the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. On one occasion, he protected Jeremiah against the fury of Jehoiakim. That's in Jeremiah 26:24, today's passage. It was in the chamber of another son of Shaphan that Baruch read in the ears of all the people Jeremiah's role. You know, you just can't beat a good defense attorney when you're in a jam. Isn't that right? Incidentally, there's another invitation to repent here in verse 13. It says, Now therefore amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent concerning the doom that he has pronounced against you. Isaiah had prophesied about a century or so earlier that Jerusalem would fall to the Babylonians. That was back in Isaiah 39. Moreover, Josiah was told that Jerusalem would fall back in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 27, but not until after his righteous reign. So while Jerusalem is offered an opportunity to repent here and be spared from the Babylonians, it actually already been prophesied that they would pass on that opportunity, that they wouldn't repent. The offer was sincere, but of course God already knew that they would squander that opportunity. Nebuchadnezzar, we read about him in Jeremiah chapter 27, verse 1. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord to me, Make for yourselves bonds and yokes, and put them on your neck, and send them to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon, by the hand of the messengers who come to Jerusalem, to Zedekiah, king of Judah." And command them to say to their masters, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to your masters, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are on the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it to whom it seemed proper to me. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and the beast of the field I have also given him to serve him. So all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son, until the time of his land comes, and then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And it shall be that the nation and kingdom which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish, says the Lord, with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your soothsayers, or your sorcerers who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon. For they prophesy a lie to you, to remove you far from your land, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. I also spoke to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon, and serve him and his people, and live. Why will you die, you and your people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken against a nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Therefore do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, says the Lord." Yet they prophesy a lie in my name that I may drive you out and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesied to you. Also I spoke to the priest and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, 
Do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesy to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be laid waste? But if they are prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord and the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem do not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, concerning the sea, concerning the carts, and concerning the remainder of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon did not take when he carried away captive Jeconiah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord, and in the house of the king of Judah, and of Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place." The setting for this prophecy is during the reign of King Zedekiah from 597 to 586 B.C. There's a little confusion in verse 1 with the mention of King Jehoiakim. Every other identification of this chapter is to King Zedekiah. So for perspective on the times of their reigns, you may want to review what we went over earlier with Josiah, then Jehoahaz, then Jehoiakim, then Jehoiakim, then Zedekiah. To reconcile the mention of both kings in this chapter, it would seem likely that Jeremiah made and wore a yoke during the reign of Jehoiakim, but did not send yokes to the neighboring kings listed until years later during the reign of Zedekiah. Even though the Hebrew text clearly identifies Jehoiakim in verse 1, most of the modern translations have assumed that Zedekiah was intended there and made the change in the text. Zedekiah was the last king before the fall of Jerusalem. However, he was king in name only. He was a vassal king of Babylon. He was a descendant of David, as were all the kings of Judah, but he had no authority of his own. His real name was Madaniah, but Nebuchadnezzar renamed him Zedekiah. For all effective purposes, Jerusalem was already conquered and has been for years, along with the surrounding nations including Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyrus, and Zidon. Jeremiah is prophesying to the people and telling them to accept their fate. God tells Jeremiah to use a visual aid, a yoke to wear. Later, he sends yokes to the king and leaders of these surrounding nations. Uh, they were having a secret rebellion meeting. And he sends them to illustrate that there is no point in resisting Nebuchadnezzar. He's in control and he will remain there until God is finished with him. This takes place in 593 B.C., while Zedekiah and these other national leaders were having a summit to plan their rebellion against Nebuchadnezzar, a suicide mission, according to Jeremiah. He even refers to Nebuchadnezzar as a servant of God in verse 6. Now, don't get carried away with the meaning of that label. It simply means that God used Nebuchadnezzar to perform a service of chastising his people because of their idolatry and pagan worship. He's also referred to in such a manner in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 9, and Jeremiah chapter 43, verse 10. Sometimes God uses evil entities to accomplish his purposes. Verse 7 puts it into perspective. His time is coming, but not until it says, All nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son. Three generations. That takes us down to Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, 
the last Babylonian king before their fall. I'd say that was a pretty impressive prophecy by old Jeremiah, wouldn't you? Anyway, Jeremiah's message is that there is no point in resisting the inevitable. To fight Nebuchadnezzar is useless and suicidal. Here's the problem. False prophets in Judah. Jeremiah's competitors were telling Zedekiah and the leaders of Judah and the surrounding nations that the Babylonian captivity was soon to be over. But Jeremiah was telling them that a return to the land would not happen in their generation. Actually, not until 535 B.C., Look at uh, Jeremiah 29.10, which we'll look at in a few minutes, and you'll see that prophecy once again. Resisting Nebuchadnezzar will cause immense bloodshed and devastation of the land, but the false prophet said, ah, go for it, you'll succeed. Well, what actually happened? Zedekiah rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was devastated. Zedekiah was taken captive and forced to watch his own children put to death before Nebuchadnezzar gouged his own eyes out. Now, how's that for the last thing you ever see? He was put into chains and carried to Babylon as a prisoner, where he remained until his death. I guess he should have listened to Jeremiah, and he shouldn't have listened to those false prophets. In Jeremiah chapter 28, we have dueling object lessons, verse 1. And it happened in the same year at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priest and of all the people, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon." And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, the Lord do so. The Lord perform your words which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house and all who were carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and to the hearing of all the people. The prophets who have been before me and before you of old prophesied against many countries and great kingdoms of war and disaster and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, You have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made in their place yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. I have given him the beast of the field also. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make this people trust in a lie. 
Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hanani the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Well, here the year is 593 B.C. It's during the reign of Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. The guy's name is Hananiah. He's a false prophet. While Jeremiah is telling the truth to Zedekiah, Hananiah, on the other hand, is telling Zedekiah that it's all going to be over within two years. Remember that yoke that Jeremiah wore before Zedekiah and the leaders of those other nations when they were having their rebellion summit? Well, Hananiah pulls that yoke off Jeremiah and breaks it, saying that that's how they're going to break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar from their own necks. He further falsely prophesies that within two years, King Jehoiakim, also known as Jeconiah, also known as Kaniah, that he would return from his previous deportation to Babylon along with all the other exiles. Jeconiah was King Jehoiakim's son, sometimes called Jehoiakim. He was carried as a captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar along with other influential residents of Judah. Meanwhile, his uncle Zedekiah was placed upon the throne of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar. That's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 17 through 20. Now, that had to be pretty humiliating to Jeremiah. He just walked away. I can just visualize the people cheering Hananiah, and they were probably booing Jeremiah. One big problem, though, it was a false prophecy. It was a message they wanted to hear, but it was false. Sometimes the truth just hurts. Jeremiah tells Hananiah that he has caused the people to believe a lie in verse 15 and pronounces that he's going to die within a year. And he does just two months later, we see in verse 17. But as a result, Zedekiah and the other leaders of the surrounding nations are emboldened to mount a futile campaign against Nebuchadnezzar, which results in their doom, leading up to the final fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. In Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah writes a letter beginning in verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This happened after Jeconiah the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasah, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters." And take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there, and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you have caused to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Because you have said the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon, therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king who sits on the throne of David, concerning all the people who dwell in this city, and concerning your brethren who have not gone out with you into captivity. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send on them the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and will make them like rotten figs that cannot be eaten. They are so bad. And I will pursue them with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, and I will deliver them to trouble among all the nations of the earth, to be a curse, an astonishment, a hissing, and a reproach among all the nations where I have driven them. Because they have not heeded my word, says the Lord, which I sent to them by my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, neither would you heed, says the Lord. Therefore hear the word of the Lord, all you of the captivity, whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning Ahab, the son of Kaleah, and Zedekiah, the son of Maaseah, who prophesy a lie to you in my name. Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. And because of them a curse shall be taken up by all the captivity of Judah who are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire. Because they have done disgraceful things in Israel, have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives, and have spoken lying words in my name which I have not commanded them. Indeed I know, and am a witness, says the Lord." Well, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles from Judah now living in Babylon directs them to build a life for themselves there in Babylon. His message is simple. You're not coming home anytime soon, despite what the false prophets are telling you. The king Jeconiah here is actually King Jehoiakim, 2 Kings 24, 8-16 is where you read about him. He's the 18-year-old king who reigned in Judah for only a hundred days before being carried away to Babylon and replaced by the last king of Judah, his uncle Zedekiah. He was placed there, Zedekiah was, by Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 10, Jeremiah says it again, just as he had in Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 1 through 12. And here it is. The Jewish exile to Babylon will last 70 years, and that's until 535 B.C. Therefore, get used to living there. Then he continues, you wouldn't want to live here in Jerusalem anyway. Times will be bad here. The return of the exiles 70 years later, that's found in Ezra chapter 1. Now let's review Jeremiah's prophecies concerning the 70-year exile. Here's what he said in Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then in verse 12 of chapter 25, Then it will come to pass, when seventy years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. And then Jeremiah 29.10 in this passage, For thus says the Lord, after seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. 
Ahab and Zedekiah in verses 21 to 23 were two prophets against whom Jeremiah uttered an oracle because they falsely prophesied in the name of Jehovah and for immoral conduct also. They are to come to a blazing demise, as we see in verse 22. Then we have a special word to the false prophet Shemaiah in Jeremiah 29, verses 24 through 32. Verse 24, You shall also speak to Shemaiah the Nehelamite, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, You have sent letters in your name to all the people who are at Jerusalem, to Zephaniah the son of Maaseah the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord has made you priest instead of Jehoiada the priest, so that there should be officers in the house of the Lord over every man who is demented and considers himself a prophet, that you should put him in prison and in the stocks. Now therefore, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who makes himself a prophet to you? For he has sent to us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long. Build houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat their fruit. Now Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the hearing of Jeremiah the prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Send to all those in captivity, saying, Thus says the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehelamite, Because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, and I have not sent him, and he has caused you to trust in a lie, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehelamite and his family, and he shall not have anyone to dwell among this people, nor shall he see the good that I will do for my people, says the Lord, because he has taught rebellion against the Lord. Now, you have to read this one closely because of the quote inside the quote. Shemaiah, who was among the exiles in Babylon, he sends a letter to Zephaniah the priest in Jerusalem to be read in the presence of Jeremiah. In verse 28, Shemaiah's letter accuses Jeremiah of being responsible for the exile in Babylon. Jeremiah didn't make the news, he just reported it. As a result of Shemaiah's rebellion, Jeremiah pronounces a pretty tough prophecy on him. You might even call it a curse in verse 32. This is the only mention of Shemaiah. We don't get the details of his eventual fate. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.